Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Wajid Hassan. Sorry, did I pronounce that correctly? Perfectly. Awesome. And he is the author of The Struggle for World Sanity. And so we're going to get to hear a little bit more about his journey, his book, and his dreams and goals. So, Wajid, how are you doing? Doing great. Uh, do I call you Timothy or Tim? I will have you you can actually call me Timmy. Timmy, okay. All right. Yes, sir. Doing great, Timmy. How about yourself? Doing well, doing well. And we like to jump right in. So if you could start just telling us a little bit about yourself and some of the stuff you like to do for fun, that would be great. Well, um, I was born in Pakistan. Uh, My parents moved to England when I was three years old. I was raised in England, um, the north of England. And then we moved to London. I had my formal education in England. England got into the technical field became a field service engineer uh, and then moved to United States primarily in Los Angeles I lived in Los Angeles for over 30 years Um, did a technical background there as a field service engineer for a large corporation and then all of a sudden some I had some drastic things happen in my life and I decided to change my career and got into stand-up comedy acting commercials and I did that for like 20 years as a union uh, as a union actor and so um, then I recently moved to North Carolina and uh, and that's a that's a brief description of my resume (laughs) that's awesome so what prompted the uh, actually before we get into all that tell us a little bit about your um, recreational activities and what you do for fun um, I, I was an avid hiker. I love, I love hiking. I, uh, I had the, uh, honor in, in 2006, I, I went on a Kenya, on a safari to Kenya. And then from there, we traveled over to Tanzania and I got to climb, uh, uh, Mount Kilimanjaro, which is, uh, Africa's, uh, tallest, uh, mountain. So that was, uh, quite an experience. So I, I like the outdoors. I think it's very important. I try to go for walks every day. It's very important for people in the city life or when the, you know, in the doldrums to get out, breathe fresh air, be part of nature because we're all, that's what we're connected to. We're all part of the cosmos. So it's very important to do that. So that's one activity I really enjoy. And uh, the other one is watching funny videos because uh, laughter is the best medicine. So when, whenever you, whenever I feel a little down, I'll just go on watch some Dave Chappelle or, Sinbad or just just funny stuff to get me kind of going up those those things are a good balance in life especially what's going on these days to me you know the economy and the world and COVID so those things are important balance for life yeah yeah no absolutely I couldn't agree more laughter is the best medicine Um, awesome well why don't you tell us a little bit more about your motivation in life and just what gets you up and gets you going every day well, like I say, when I was uh, in England, I was um, uh, I was raised primarily as a Muslim, 
uh, in a Muslim household, but I also went to uh, uh, Church of England schools. So I, I got both of both worlds. I, 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 I read the Quran, went to the mosque, and at the same time, I was doing Bible studies and singing hymns and carols. And then at the age of 16, I, followed, I found my own a yogi master, uh, an Englishman by the name of Dr. George King, who revealed some amazing truths about life, philosophies, metaphysics, healing. And uh, I've been following him ever since. I've been a, an avid follower for the last 40 years. Uh, so that's my, that was my motivation uh, for writing the book last year, The Struggle for World Sanity. Um, it's not a... Um, it's not a it's not a financial endeavor not you know these days there's thousands of books on amazon but it, it's it's a, an ambition of mine to reveal certain truths that have not been revealed before to the public but also to inspire your listeners that there's light at the end of the tunnel because these let's face it these are very trying times these days absolutely yeah yeah no absolutely and what was your yogi master's name one more time uh, his name was Dr. George King. Uh, he was an Englishman. He was born in England uh, during World War II, uh, during the Nazi Blitz over England. He served as a section leader for the London Fire Brigade Search and Rescue. And then uh, after the war, when he was 25, he got serious, serious into yoga, meditation. He would practice yoga for like eight to 10 hours a day, not just the physical hatha yoga, but breathing, mantra chanting till he got into very high states of meditation and became a, a yogi adept where he was actually contacted by uh, higher uh, beings who, who sent some tremendous uh, messages through him so uh, he was an exceptional uh, individual and again you know uh, not many people have really heard of him because he kind of stayed out of the limelight and so part of writing the book was not so much to promote myself but more uh, with this uh, great teacher who uh, who uh, uh, revealed uh, a lot of uh, fascinating truths that, like I say, haven't been revealed before. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that. And so tell us a little bit more about your vision for the book and kind of what you want it to be. Well, the thing is, it happened. It, it's very interesting. Uh, when, I, when I got it published, it went straight to the number one bestseller on Amazon on two categories. Uh, first was um, mysticism and spirituality, and the other one was UFOs. And so there's a tremendous interest now uh, in those uh, in that subject matter. And it happened at a time when COVID was just starting. And let's face it, to me, I mean, we're in a situation right now. You know, we have these endless wars. We got hatred between religions and races, and an economic system that favors the rich. We've got um, divisions between religions and, and pollution and all these things. So um, the reason for writing the book was to, was to offer some hope for the future. Um, just to let your listeners know that even though we seem to be regressing, things don't seem to be looking that good. Uh, I just want to let, I wrote the book to let, them, let people know that there is a, a, a better future for us uh, that's, been, that's been foreseen and will happen. Um, so what, what we see now is not what's going to happen in a couple of hundred years. Things are going to change for the better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so now I kind of want to backtrack a little bit. And I know you were a field service engineer for a very long time. What kind of made you make that transition from field service engineer to stand up comedy, acting and commercials? 
Well, it was it's interesting because I was uh, that was back in 1997 my, when my yogi I, I followed him to to Los Angeles as well, and he passed away, and I got into a deep depression. And and my wife at the time she said, look, you know, in high school in London you got in front of people and you made people laugh, and my drama teacher actually she told me, look, you know, you're a natural once you get into comedy and acting. But my parents, being immigrants, they wouldn't have anything to do with it. You know, it was like math and science and get a real job. So I decided, well, you know what, well, I'll, I'll take some stand-up comedy lessons and I'll, I'll check it out. And I was quite happy just doing open mics at the LA, um, com, you know, the uh, comedy store and uh, the Laugh Factory and the improv. And I was content with that. But I had a little computer repair shop in Hollywood. And this lady walked in and she kept looking at me after I repaired a computer. And, and, I, and I said, why do you keep looking? She said, well, she said, you have an interesting face. I said, so? She said, well, I'm a casting director. I said, so? I didn't know what a casting director was. She said, well, let's see if we can get you an agent. So she got me an agent. And then I started booking uh, commercials. And then next thing, I got a theatrical agent, managed to get parts in uh, small parts in sitcoms and movies. So I decided to change my career then. That is awesome. And so it was just kind of like, a, you know, you hit kind of a depressive state and you got some counsel from the people around you started taking small steps and then it turned into bigger steps. And then it was a whole career change. Yeah, I, I think uh, if people are in, are, are in a rut with their job or, or like for me, I got burnt out on technical field. Everybody wanted it yesterday, you know, and it was uh, I worked for a corporation and the harder you work, the more work they gave you, you know. Uh, I mean, I made it to like uh, um, employee of the national employee of the month because I was working really hard and all that. But in the co in the corporate world, you're just a number. And then I thought, you know what? I'm not going to work myself to the grave. Uh, I'm going to do what I want to do. And you know, it meant a drastic reduction in because you know, working actors. You know, we don't get paid. Only the only the ones that make it really big get paid good money. But you know, I had to do menial jobs as a security guard and as a limo driver and you know, side jobs, uh, valet guy. You know, just so I could audition during the day. But I did it for twenty years. Man managed to get a decent resume. So I'm I'm very proud of what I what I did. Although it's a very very competitive in competitive industry. You know. Yeah, I think for it, sure. I think it's like a drug, like any drug. You know, you just you just go for that high because that high is when you're in on on set, and everybody's treating you like king for the day, and uh, you know, so it's it's just chasing that high. And uh, so I had 20 years of it, and I'm glad. In one way, I'm very glad I did it as well. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I feel that completely. And at least you got to do what you love to do, and you got to have a lot of fun doing it. So absolutely. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So tell us a little bit more about the book and kind of what the book entails. I know it's kind of like painting the picture for a better future for everybody who reads it, but just give us a little bit more detail about it. Well, part of it is uh, my own personal journey, my own personal life, and then uh, my experiences with my yogi master, some mystical experiences, uh, some experiences I actually had uh, with UFOs, personal experiences, which I kept to myself. Um, one very drastic one I had when I was 18, I kept to myself and it was only when I wrote the book, I decided to reveal that. Uh, I think um, more and more people are, because of technology, 
because of the openness of, of science, uh, people are more accepting now of the possibility of not only life on other planets, but life that is advanced uh, scientifically uh, and, and to me also spiritually advanced. And so, um, so part of the book is to reveal some of the contacts my yogi master had with beings from a uh, higher dimension, uh, other planets, uh, who were actually extremely concerned, especially during the four, uh, 50s and 60s when we started exploding hydrogen bombs and there was a, a, a very direct danger of the planet dying and, and the destruction of mankind. And uh, I believe uh, that uh, higher beings intervened on our behalf and pretty much saved us. I think they absorbed a lot of the uh, uh, radio radioactive fallout uh, during that time, because even scientists today, they can't figure out how we, we survived all. I mean, Russia exploded at least a thousand uh, atom bombs. America exploded over a thousand. And it was enough to pretty much kill the planet. So. Um, and I think it was intervention by not only spiritually minded higher beings, but also scientifically scientifically advanced beings that people talk about that man these uh, these uh, spacecraft, which are called UFOs. So people are not in the past. People would laugh. But now, you know, when astronauts talk about being followed to the you know, when they're on their way to the moon by UFOs and, you know, uh, retired military generals talk about uh, UFOs visiting nuclear facilities and neutralizing nuclear silos. People are not laughing anymore. People are taking this now very seriously. And in the, in the past, they would laugh at you if you were if you were a UFO buff. Now, people laugh at people who don't believe in extraterrestrial life. So it's a it's a changing environment. Yeah, for sure. And that is definitely something I have not heard a lot about. Like I didn't know there was all this. Um you know, like the U.S. and Russia exploded over a thousand bombs and retired generals talking about nuclear silos and astronauts talking about being followed. Like, I did not know all that. So I'm being educated right here on the podcast live. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Uh, some of the truths have been revealed and uh, most people don't even know about it. Um, uh, actually, in uh, back in the early uh, 50s, uh, there was a a terrible nuclear explosion in the uh, Ural Mountains in Russia. And Russia kept it quiet. They didn't talk about it. And uh, the, the beings that contacted my yogi master talked about this terrible explosion that could have killed over 18 million people in the Ural Mountains in Russia, and they couldn't control it. So they intervened on, the, on, on our behalf and, and subsided that explosion. And it was not till 1976 that um, uh, a, a nuclear scientist from Russia op op openly declared that, that yes, there was a, that explosion in the Ural Mountains. And so to me, that was validation that my yogi master was in contact because he knew about it before Russia even talked about, uh, you know, 20 years later, they said, yes, it was true. But he was given information about that explosion uh, right at the time when it happened. So to me, that was a validation that he was in contact with these beings. Yeah. And yeah. another thing, another, see, the, the thing is, uh, it's very important not only to have an open mind, but, uh, you know, I'm not here to convert your listeners to any ideology, but I think it's very important uh, that as intelligent people, we need to do our own research. We need to do our own 
uh, investigation and use our own intuition, keep an open mind. And that's what I'm asking the listeners to do. But another validation that I thought was, was, was fascinating, especially somebody like me coming from a technical background, um, in, in, the, in the 50s and 60s, uh, these beings would, would, would telepath my yogi master and, he, and they would talk about uh, UFO sightings in, Af in uh, Australia, uh, New Zealand and America. Listen to this to me, three weeks before they happened. Okay, so they would say there would be sightings here, there, and whatever. And then three weeks later, those exact sightings occurred. So again, another for me, another obvious validation that this was in fact uh, correct, uh, a legitimate contact with uh, with these higher beings. So that I thought that was fascinating. Yeah, for sure. That is that is really interesting. Like I, I don't know. I've just never. I'm not around people who talk about it. So. Thanks for talking about it. Um, if you could meet one type of person right now that could help you kind of spread the word about your book and get your message out there, who would that person be and how would they do it? Always wanted to get on the Joe Rogan show, but that's hard. But uh, he, he's, a, he's a firm believer of UFOs. He's had a lot of experts on there. So uh, if you have any contacts for Joe, uh, get me on there. <laughs> you know I may be incorrect in thinking this, but I'm pretty sure Joe Rogan lives in Austin. Oh, okay. Uh, maybe, I maybe can leave you my web. I, I can leave you my website. You can maybe uh maybe get me on there. So that that would be good value. That'd be good to get to be on Joe because he's a firm believer in life, life on other planets, and uh, he's uh, he's had a lot of um, he's had I think Dr. Richard Gere and other people on there. Uh, talking about uh, extraterrestrial life and ufos so that would be good gotcha so you want to get on the joe rogan show love it well i i, I believe in your concept to me uh that you you know you are the company that you keep and a couple of years ago i i got to meet um uh mark victor hansen who's who was uh the co-author of the best-selling uh chicken soup for the soul series i don't know if you've ever heard of that but it's, it's very good. Uh, I was part of his uh, inner circle uh, along with uh, uh, some other uh, business money people. And it's, uh, you know, it's very good to network uh, with people who, who are successful um, because it, it does, you know, by osmosis, it does work out that you are the company that you keep. So I like, I like that concept that you have. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a really important concept and it just proves true over and over and over. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate that. What is uh, the most important one or two things that everyday people can do to help you accomplish your dream of, you know, spreading your message, getting on the Joe Rogan show or any other visions that you have for your life? Well, um, I don't I don't have any like major material ambitions. I think I'd, I'd, I've had a decent material success in life. Uh, I'm more ge geared now towards the spiritual. I believe that um, I believe that we're spiritual beings in physical bodies, and the physical body is the least important aspect of ourselves. I think it's very important to have material success. Of course, you can't walk around with begging bowls. You know, it's important to have security and and money, and you know. Uh, so that you can follow whatever dream that you are, that you all want to follow. Some people go want to become millionaires. Good for them. Uh, I, for me, um, my inspiration, my drive now is to 
is to let people know that you know we need to change uh there's there's certain things that are occurring right now there's a there's a change uh a spiritual change going on not a religious change a spiritual change people people call it the great awakening there's a consciousness change where people i think is to do astrologically with the aquarian age another aspect is the mother earth herself is raising the vibration so people are, are, are thinking more on a global level as opposed to you know country or town or family and people are looking more on the concept that we are all connected um, the internet high tech uh, wi-fi is, is making the world you know smaller and smaller and the more we realize now that we're all aspects of, of one whole and we're not just a bunch of you know africans or americans or russians uh, we are one human race and 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 that's uh, one concept uh, that i want to throw out uh, as part of my message is to start a global consciousness of cooperation and uh, helping each other starting a global consciousness of co cooperation and helping each other yeah i love that i love particularly what you said about you know we're not african or white or mexican or you know we're not like our ethnicities we're not our races we're not our cultures it's like spiritual beings and physical bodies and at our core we can all relate on that level well there's no such thing as national pride because um uh i'm a firm believer in reincarnation uh it, it answers uh the so-called inequalities of life why is somebody born poor why is somebody born rich why is somebody the virtuoso and piano at the age of three why is somebody has an iq you know of a professor at the age of seven i believe that um uh that the the in fact the cosmic beings have said that reincarnation the teaching of reincarnation has to be re reintroduced uh, back to the planet because um people would think twice first of all of national pride because how can you just remain uh, in one particular body and learn everything. We're, we're here to learn many different experiences. So we come as different races, even different sexes. Uh, we, we come, uh, and so people would think twice when they went to war, uh, knowing that, you know, the person that they're going to murder could be actually their mother or father or, or brother or sister in, in a previous life. So I think that concept has to be uh, and, and people are people are questioning that as well to me um recently uh i saw an article in the english newspaper the daily express some um christian uh um uh, researchers uh found out that that reincarnation was actually taught in the christian religion and was taken out 700 years ago to deliberately throw this one life you only have one life to live in order to control the masses so even that stuff is being revealed so truths that were hidden are actually being revealed today and people are opening themselves up so um i think that concept of reincarnation has to be reintroduced in order to make people understand that you can't be a, a proud uh, american or a proud russian or a, uh, or a proud whatever race that we're all parts of different races and we come through different reincarnations in order to learn experience and there's only one reason we're here on this planet, and that's to raise our consciousness. 
We're not here to suffer. We're here to raise our consciousness to high states of mind, to high states of meditation, so that we can be free and 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 explore space, explore the cosmos. You know, we regress. We're not. We weren't supposed to be in a situation we like now. And if we stood out, study our history at one time, we were actually very advanced beings, uh, but we we've we've fallen uh, from our evolutionary cycle. And so again, part of the reasons for writing the book is to let people know, hey, you know, open up your mind to where we came from, and it's time to rise and become, you know, uh, the people, the advanced beings that we were at one time. Yeah, for sure. I think there's, you know, you hear a lot of arguments about, um, you know, we're more advanced now because of technology and stuff, but science replaced a lot of spirituality in a lot of people's lives. And there's just so much evidence that spirituality and, you know, what our ancestors were doing that a lot of us may look back on as like feeble minded or something like that. There's actually some some stuff to it, you know. And well, you know, Dr. King he wrote this book called The Nine Freedoms back in the '60s, and he he had a chance to go into deep meditation and read the true history of our of our planet. And we actually were were scientifically advanced. There was two scientifically advanced races that he talked about. The first was called the Civilization of Lemuria, and the second was called the Civilization of Atlantis. And he said that both these civilizations fell under a nuclear war. So uh, don't believe all this caveman, stone man stuff. We were, we were extremely scientific, advanced uh, beings at one time. Uh, again, because, because of our past actions, we regressed. So, um, uh, you know, he, he made a statement. He says, there's no religion without science. There's no science without religion. Science today is geared towards more... You know, the best brains on our planet uh, are developing the most destructive weapons to kill the planet. And so science, you know, of course, I, I applaud all the medical breakthroughs and everything, but science needs to change and have this spiritual concept to help the planet, to help, the, to help uh, with pollution, to stop all these ridiculous wars and, con and focus on helping each other and bringing peace to this planet instead of uh, we're regarded by advanced beings as a very savage warlike race. So it's time that we ro rose on mass in peace and started becoming the human beings that we were supposed to be in the first place, which is all part of the whole anyway. I love that. I love that. Well, awesome. Now we're going to jump into our thriving three. And we're, I'm going to ask you what your favorite book, movie or podcast is. Pick one. I have to say my favorite book was uh, Autobiography of a Yogi by Pramahansa Yogananda. I read that when I was 16. It brought back memories of certain places that I was, and it just inspired me. So it's a great book, um, some amazing experiences that he had, and, he, and uh, some of the uh, Indian yogi masters he met in India. Uh, that was a big inspiration for me, Autobiography of a Yogi by Pramahansa Yogananda. Gotcha. Love it. And what's one way you like to care for yourself? What's that? What's one way you like to care for yourself, take care of yourself? Um, I think uh, I, th I think it's important to have, uh, it's important to stay disciplined mentally, physically, spiritually. Uh, I try, uh, I have a routine where I do 
prayer and meditation. I go for a walk. Uh, I think it's a healthy body. It's a healthy mind. Uh, it's good. It's very, you know, they say that the, the body is the temple of the soul. It's important to take care of yourself health-wise so that you can uh, keep well mentally. Um, uh, so um, those, you know, just I, I, I used to be heavy into jogging and heavy exercises. Now that I'm a little bit older, I, I do more moderate exercise, but I think fresh air, taking care of yourself, eating the right foods, all those things are very important uh, to, for your mental outlook as well. Awesome. I love it. And what's one action step you can take right now to continue, you know, spreading your message and also reaching the kind of like spiritual goals that you're trying to reach? Um, the big action step, uh, which I pointed out in the book, is that back in the 70s, the, you know, they had the oil embargo and there was this talk about uh, an energy crisis and and my yogi master said, he said, there's only one energy crisis on this planet, and that's a spiritual energy crisis. Uh, spiritual energy is just the radiation of spiritual energy, you know, of pranic energy that comes from the sun, which we can radiate through our palms of our hands and our hearts. And so it's a very tangible energy. You can stand in front of a mirror, you can visualize white light, and you can feel the tingling coming back. And a lot of these, you know, healers, one of the greatest healers on the planet, planning of course was the master jesus he could use this spiritual energy to raise the the dead and heal the blind and help the lepers and so uh that that universal energy uh, is lacking right now and that's part of the whole problem of mankind so I, I belong to a group that we send out regular spiritual energy uh every day a group of people from 30 40 different countries so if people are interested in helping us raise the consciousness and the vibration, um, they can go to um, uh, this website called 12 Blessings, number 12blessings.org and, uh, and join us in uh, helping raise the consciousness and sending healing out to a troubled planet. Awesome. Well, on that note, I think that's a good place to end our show. Wajid, thank you so much for coming on the show. And also, if you were listening to this and you vibed with anything that he had to say, you agreed with it, you want to know more about it, feel free to contact him. Ways to do that will be in the show notes. Buy the book, send the book to a friend. And most importantly, what we ask you to do at the end of every show is send this episode to somebody who needs to hear Wajid's message and make sure that they get it and they receive it and then talk with them about it. Finally, go drop us a five-star rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And um, thank you guys for watching. Wajid, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks, uh, Timmy. It was a real pleasure. And if people want to check out my website, they can go to uh, Wajid Author, W-A-J-I-D-A-U-T-H-O-R.com. Wajidauthor.com. Yeah. Awesome. That'll be in the show notes. And so will 12blessings.org. Sounds good. Wajid, thank you. Thanks, Demi. And we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one -on -one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.